The following content is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome, everyone. I am Marina Sprocky Spriggs, and I'm the host of Always Another Way. I have a master's in professional counseling. I'm the Ippy Award-winning author of Stop Looking for a Husband, Find the Love of Your Life. I'm also the author of Nasty Divorce, A Kid's Eye View. I write positive divorce advice for the Huff Post, and I'm training clinical hypnosis. And this podcast speaks to outside-of-the-box thinkers and open-minded individuals. And if you are very set in your beliefs and have rigid views, then this probably isn't your cup of tea. However, you should note, taste can and do change. And I just want to warn you, there's going to be some explicit language in this podcast. I'm going to be quoting the president. So today, I am going to talk about Me Too, Getting Robbed, and Time's Up. And I want to talk about why sexual violence is the only crime that makes the victim feel shamed and bad. So if today you were robbed, you got into a car accident with a drunk driver, kidnapped, financially um, scammed, physically assaulted, you would tell everyone you know, you'd go to the police, you'd put it on social media, and you would be angry at the perpetrator. However, you yourself wouldn't feel bad that somebody robbed you. Nobody goes home and is like, God, I feel so crappy that I, I got robbed. No, you feel violated, but you're mad. And what's interesting about that is I could walk into a room of a crowd full of people, and I could tell you a story about this time I was robbed at gunpoint, and I could go into detail, and you would be listening so intently. And then... You wouldn't say anything to me. You'd be, you know, you wouldn't be uncomfortable at all, and it wouldn't be a conversation stopper. However, if I walked into that same room, and I told you about the time when I was four years old and a babysitter molested me, I guarantee you that'd be a conversation stopper. I would turn you off. You would fear me, and you'd probably avoid me. And that's completely ridiculous. Did you know that 256 women have now come forward against Larry Nasser? And that's just insane to even think that. Statistics from RAIN, which is the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, says that one in six women and one out of every 10 men are victims. But we all know that isn't true. It is way higher than that. Every single person I know female who's been assaulted has not reported it, myself included. And then we can add in that 256 from Larry Nasser, and there's now more than 30 coming forward about Jerry Sandusky, who knows how many others. Let's not forget the hidden number of children raped and molested by priests in the, priest the Catholic Church, not to mention other religions. There was a man at a Texas Christian camp that was actually molesting boys for years, and I could go on and on. But what I'm proposing now is another way that we keep this conversation going 
so that victims that are turning into survivors can have a safe place and feel like they're not alone. Everyone should feel as safe as someone who is robbed to tell their story and come forward. From the Harvey Weinsteins, Michael Jacksons, Woody Allens, Bill Cosby's, Casey Affleck's, R. Kelly's, Roman Polanski, Charlie Sheen, Mike Tyson, Dr. Luke. He's not a real doctor, FYI. And let's not forget, 70 million people voted for a man who said this. And I'm going to read something to you. This is not my opinion. It's a transcript from an audio tape. I moved on her, actually. You know, she was down on Palm Beach. I moved on her and I failed. I'll admit it. I did try and fuck her. She was married. And I moved on her very heavily. In fact, I took her out furniture shopping. She wanted to get some furniture. I said, I'll show you where they have some nice furniture. I took her out furniture shopping and I moved on her like a bitch, but I just couldn't get there. And she was married. And then all of a sudden I see her. She's now got these big phony tits and everything. She's totally changed her look. Look at you, you're a pussy. Yeah, that's her. With the gold. I better use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the pussy. You can do anything. And in case those words sound like locker room talk to you, let me clear something up for you. Talking about doing something sexually to someone without their consent, consent crosses the line into something that's illegal. And if you don't think that this kind of talk that we allow to be accepted as boys will be boys or locker room talk, it's actually called assault talk. And Natalie Portman just spoke at the Women's March in LA last week. And this is what she said. I was 12 years old when I was in the film The Professional and 13 when it was released. So at 13 years old, she says, I excitedly opened a first fan mail to read a rape fantasy that a man had written me, she recalls. And a countdown was started on my local radio show to my 18th birthday Effusemically, the date that I would be legal to sleep with. And movie reviewers talked about my budding breasts in reviews. She's 13. And I understood very quickly, even as a 13-year-old, that if I were to express myself sexually, I would feel unsafe, she said, and that men would feel entitled to discuss and objectify my body to my great discomfort. So I quickly adjusted my behavior I rejected any role that even had a kissing scene and talked about the choice deliberately in interviews. I emphasized how bookish I was and how serious I was, and I cultivated an elegant way of dressing. I built a reputation for basically being prudish, conservative, nerdy, serious, in an attempt to feel that my body was safe and that my voice would be listened to. And if that doesn't disgust you on any level, 
and you probably don't have a mother or a sister or a daughter or an aunt or a grandmother. And did you know that 25 million images are reviewed by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children annually? That means 480,769 images of minor children a week. And the Canadian Center for Child Protection found that children under 12 years old were depicted in 78.30% of the images and videos assessed by their team, and 63% of those children were under the age of eight years old. Among that same material, they found that 80% of the children were girls and 19% were boys. So let's connect some scary dots here. And I can't tell you how many runaway missing girls posts that I've seen going around this past week. And every time I see one of these missing girls or runaway girls or a young girl that's killed herself, I wonder what happened to her. You know, kids don't just run away without any trauma happening to them. And I'm not saying it's the parents, any trauma. And according to one mental health professional who's worked firsthand with childhood sexual abuse survivors, she says, I've witnessed the repercussions of the compounded and complicated trauma of childhood sexual abuse. In fact, I've never met a childhood sexual abuse survivor who has been suicidal at any point in their life. So Brian Gurgley, who's a survivor of sexual abuse by a priest and a staunch advocate for other victims, took his own life most recently, just days after the Pennsylvania State Senate eliminated a bill reforming sexual abuse statutes, the right of past victims to seek redress in court. Do you know that survivors of sexual abuse in childhood or adolescence are two to four times more likely to take their own lives than non-abused individuals? And so let's just think about that for a second. Of the culture we live in that has the president who openly talks about assaulting women, has several women that have spoken out that he has done something sexual to them, and the victims get blamed. The Me Too movement, same thing with the Larry Nassar and these girls. Why didn't these girls say anything? I'm gonna tell you something really quick. I was four years old when something first happened to me. And I just want you to picture a little four-year-old child right now and ask her why she didn't say anything and why she didn't know. And then I want you to take that same child that was violated as she gets a little bit older and then ask her why she doesn't say anything. And I dare you to ask any survivor why they didn't say anything if it's never happened to you. And if you know anything about psychology or human behavior, you would know that there's a freeze response that happens to people sometimes. And you may say, because I've heard people say this, well, I would have just fought him off. I would have just said no. I would have just got out of there. 
And maybe you don't know the story about the woman who was a black belt that was gang raped. So I just want you to think about these things, about what you're really doing to somebody. And if you, by saying something like that, are you egging somebody on towards suicide? And what is the purpose of doing something like that? Janelle Monet had a beautiful speech at the Grammys the other night. And she came in so cool talking about that movement and wanting the culture of everyone to be better, to not accept things like this. And then she said, time's up. That means time's up for the perpetrators. So got a picture of a gun and a silencer. And what I equate to that, sexual abuse has been going on since the beginning of time. And sexual abuse is like a gun, kills your soul silently. And there are so many people out there right now that are sitting in silence, holding that which does not belong to them, something that someone put on them, and it's killing them silently. And there's another way to go about that. Time's up, and we're putting it back on the perpetrator. And I think everybody should do whatever they feel if something's happened to them. I'm not saying that anybody has to speak up if they don't want to, because you need to do what's right for you you need to get help. You need to get treatment and be with people you love. You need to know that you are not alone. There are so many other people sitting out there in silence that are not part of that statistic, which is probably more like one in three. And I want to let you know that you can be a survivor on that other end. That anything that someone has ever done to you of sexual violence that is on them. They are the person that should be shamed. They should feel bad for the rest of their life. They should carry that around, not you. And I found a way to let some of that go and move forward in a productive life. But I'll tell you honestly, having had bad things happen to me at a young age, if you don't think that affected every single relationship that I've ever had with a man or how I view men. And I'll tell you, I will never have a boy babysitter. And that sucks because I have a husband, I have a son, and I know a lot of really nice men who don't do things like that. But one person ruined it. And I would ask men too to go ahead and stand up when you hear men talk like the president talked about a woman. Instead of joking along, ha, 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 about rape fantasies, you can stand up and say, you know what? That's not right. I certainly don't think those are Christian values, but I'm not talking politics here. So anyways, you know, funny, this, this topic is very sobering because it's not fun to talk about. It's awful. And if you think about how much abuse is going on in this country 
and what abuse leads to. And it also leads to something else just for survivors to watch out, is what repressed anger does to you. And there's been studies since the 50s that shows that anger held in is the most poisonous and toxic for you. And I just see that as the biggest just rip-off ever that something happened to you and you're holding in this anger and it's going to kill you. And none of that should have happened. So I encourage you to find ways to let that anger go safely, to get it out of your body, and to make peace. I'm going to put some links up below. If you need to talk to somebody, if you're feeling suicidal, there is help, there is hope, and you can be a survivor. You can. And there is another way. Time's up.